Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So let's get to our guest, Kerry Craig, global market strategist over at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. <clears throat> so, Kerry, it turns out Google is no snap. Uh, I think we probably should have known that anyway. But there wasn't really all that much in the earnings report to be pleased with in, in Alphabet's results. Uh, it's kind of less bad than feared. Um, that can only get you so far. But against that, you've got a whole bunch of other companies like Coke, McDonald's, 3M, TI, and others that produced really strong earnings. So net-net, what I'm saying is the big picture doesn't get much clearer. Your thoughts on that? Good morning, Brian. Yeah, it's a case of, of less bad but not good. I think when it comes to the earnings out of the U.S. at the moment, uh, it's pretty mixed bag. There's some pretty clear messages, even though we've only had about a quarter of companies reported. Um, clearly, the, the downtrend coming through in terms of consumer spending is, is pretty clear and, and the way that uh, consumers are reacting to higher prices um, and their spending habits will probably continue over the second half of this year. Uh, and it's also very clear that the, the U.S. dollar strength of the course this year is a, is a big head one for, for U.S. earnings. And again, I think coming into this earnings season, it wasn't necessarily going to be around exactly how much companies reported in terms of their growth in earnings. There was always going to be that guidance in terms of what they saw happening for the rest of the year. And, and those trends are being confirmed in terms of the slowing outlook and the fact that analyst earnings expectations for the full year for earnings for the US were probably a bit elevated compared to what we were actually going to deliver. Um, and that's just going to lead to a bit more downward pressure in equities in our mind. Kerry, this is Stephen Engel here. Are there areas within the tech, as we get all these big tech companies reporting and they're giving different kinds of signals, are there areas of tech that would be more attractive to weather this uh, storm, if you will? Uh, you know, you just mentioned about the dollar. That hurt Microsoft as they repatriate their earnings from abroad. Yeah, there's a few trends to, to look for. I think obviously that the offshore revenues and their dollar strength, I mean, you can debate whether the, the dollar is going to continue to strengthen this environment or, or whether it's probably getting near the top. Um, and the other thing to look at is obviously the, the rise in the cost of, of labor. You know, that's a, a big cost for a lot of these tech companies where you see uh, further layoffs being announced and whether they try and control those costs through, through that means. So I think that approaching the, the tech sector is something that we always sort of take from a, a longer-term viewpoint because they, they fit into those secular trends, you know, cloud computing, AI, uh, but the cost pressures on these companies right now are pretty high, and, and so we'd be thinking about the valuations that have come down, but you know, in the U.S. and in the tech broadly, um, still being quite elevated, though, compared to many other markets in terms of the opportunities mm. there. So I think... The focus really is bottom up in terms of how much can these companies control costs and um, how much will their revenues be hurt by that, that strong dollar at the moment. 
Uh, so before the break, we talked a lot about the earnings uh, results and uh, dug through that. But I'd be remiss not to ask you about the Fed. Obviously, as Doug just mentioned, uh, pretty much a 75 basis point uh, hike is baked in right now. Uh, do you believe, though, that uh, Jay Powell and company can navigate a soft landing or are we heading for a recession? Well, I think it comes down to your definition of a, of a soft landing. And I think in the Fed's view, a, a mild recession would be a soft landing. So the recession is disinflationary. If you want less inflation, I think the Fed is, is definitely sort of pushing the economy in that direction. And a lot of the inflation is caused by things that they, they can't control, the supply side from, from energy prices and food. So they can only uh, bring down inflation by destructing that demand. And that would necessarily push the economy uh, into that sort of very low growth or even contractionary period. So... I think uh, yeah, you're already heading for it for a mild recession in the US at some point. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen this quarter or next quarter, but I think mm. that's going to be be the outcome. Uh, but I think more importantly, as we look for the impact of markets, that uh, policy growth mix is probably becoming a little bit more balanced in terms of rather than being focused strictly on the inflation outlook, it's, it's becoming a little bit more around the weakening and growth. And I expect to hear a little bit more about that from, from Powell when we do get the, uh, the, the statement and, and the press conference. We did see copper uh, rise for a third day, and it's just, uh, we moved the story yesterday in our early indicators on China that China's growth picked up pretty significantly in July. Uh, confidence coming back, um, obviously business activities got going again. Is that enough? Is, a, is an improving China enough to kind of flip the story on the, on the global uh, recovery? Yeah, we have a pretty positive view on, on China compared to the rest of the world, at least the developed world at the moment. Um, and it does come back down to how they handle further outbreaks around uh, COVID and the restrictions that get imposed and whether they are something that's more uh, tactical or something that's going to be uh, across whole cities. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing at the moment, that you are seeing a little bit more um, flexibility when it comes to that. And that's important for thinking about how consumers will behave, how companies will invest. Uh, and that's really going to be the determining factor for us. There's clearly plenty of physical uh, fiscal support coming through, and so I think that that's enough, but you do really need to get people out there spending, and that can only happen if they aren't restricted to their homes. Right. Well, what, what specifically then really gives you that optimism on China? Obviously, there, there are signs that they're relaxing some of the regulatory pressures that we've seen on uh, technology. Also, there's talk of these uh, property funds to support that big pillar of the economy. But again, China's still a closed economy right now with the COVID restrictions that you just mentioned. I think it's the, the combination of those factors. So you have uh, huge amounts of fiscal support coming through compared to you know, the first half of 2021. You had like a $1.5 trillion in, in local government special bond issuance. The first half of this year, you've had like $3.4 trillion. So you're getting a lot more of that ramp up in the fiscal side. You are having that same uh, focus on deleveraging the housing market. But again, you've got that support there. So it doesn't really become a systemic issue uh, in terms of what's happening with the, the mortgage repayments. Um, you do have that shifting narrative in terms of uh, how restrictive they're going to be and when it comes to those COVID lockdowns. And again, that regulatory environment becoming a little bit better as well. Those mm -hmm. things all add up for an economy that's definitely uh, focused on growth more uh, and, yeah. and, and a better second but half. The, but the Alibaba story yesterday is kind of another sign that the U.S. and China are pulling further apart. Um, we just heard, we just got word that President Xi and President Biden will meet on Thursday. What might we expect from that? 
Yeah, I think there's, there's different cases to say that, you know, that we're moving to a world that's a bit more multipolar in terms of how it operates uh, and that, you know, the companies are going to be caught in the middle of this, a lot of this politics. Uh, I think out of those meetings, you'd be looking for uh, something that's probably a little bit of give and take when it comes to some of the tariffs that have been imposed, uh, some of the financial regulation that's being looked at, the ECC and how the company's going to operate. But, you know, I wouldn't expect any massive announcements coming out of this meeting, but I think it's positive that they are meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Kerry, thank you so much for joining us. Kerry Craig, global market strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.